You are listening to Two Jerks, One Vote, and this is the Spin Tunes 15 Round 4 Review Podcast for the It Grows On You Cumulative Song Challenge. I, I think I'm getting some interference here. Let me see if I can fix that. Micah, how was your day? I hope that it's been great. I won Spin Tunes 14, but that's enough about me. I'm here to listen to your songs. I only wish that somehow there were more songs. Cause even though it's an elimination tournament, you've all shown me a glimpse of what your artist journey meant. So I hope you win. You win. This Spin Tunes is yes, I'm talking to you. I hope you win. As a judge, I'm required to declare some songs worse than others and also offer reasons for said declaration, so I might give criticism that you feel invalidates your entire artistic vision or dismisses the effort and talent that you put into your work because it doesn't meet some arbitrary criteria that you couldn't possibly have known about, but even so... In my heart, you're all winners. All right. Today we have with us Micah Summersmith. He won the most recent Spin Tunes competition. That's Spin Tunes 14. He has won Song Fight multiple times. He has great albums at micasummer.bandcamp.com. That's M-I-C-A-H-S-O-M-M-E-R.bandcamp.com. He has super cool videos up on YouTube. You should check them out. Welcome, Micah. You've Thank made, you. Yeah, you've made two jerks, one vote into three jerks, zero votes Woo-hoo! this time around. All right, yeah. yes. And thank you for reminding me that I really need uh, an actual website with a URL that people will be able to spell and remember. So thank you for that reminder. No problem. Did we want to talk about anything before we get started with the reviews? Well, uh, I'd like to discuss this challenge kind of in general a little bit, mostly because I actually suggested this challenge. I put it in the suggestion box before I was a judge. So going into judging, I didn't know that I would actually be, well, judging, although my votes don't matter, as we said, but that they would be doing it this round. And I got pretty excited. The reason that I wanted to do this challenge is that I think in a certain way, it feels pretty limiting, like it's a very specific form that you have to go with, but it felt like it could go in a lot of different directions and you know there you can have more and more things like food or drinks as some people did you can travel farther and farther distances you can get more and more complex uh psychological states or more and more complex relationships and so i thought it would be really cool to see how a big group of people would tackle this challenge and because none of these songs would have been written without the this specific challenge and because I suggested this challenge it does feel to me in a very real way like these songs were written for me so <laughs> I just it just it's a really really cool feeling to and it helps that these songs are really good so it's just a cool feeling to have this collection of great songs and to know you know I had a part in these existing. So 
That's so cool you feel some you feel some sort of ownership over. I, I get I get that idea totally. One one thing that I wanted to mention too, just to to give some background, is that this challenge was also picked as the round four challenge, specifically in part anyway, because it was considered to be perhaps one of the more difficult challenges. So it was saved until the end because we thought that we would probably get better entries from mm -hmm. artists who would be able to do them well. Yeah, I do think it would be easy to do a pretty boring and uncreative. You know, there's, you know, a long list of nursery rhymes that are in this form, but I was a little worried as like, am I going to, are we going to get four nursery rhymes? But uh, I do think yeah, it's true that having it at the end, both that you're down to four artists who are theoretically the best, but also I think everybody's kind of bringing their A game because it is the final round. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to give a shout out to the shadows. I thought they did a great job. I thought there was some, there were some gems in the shadows. I think there are a number of the shadows that are that particular artist's best song in the fight. For sure. In in the whole Spintoons. Yeah, it brought out some really good stuff from people. And arguably there might have been a couple of nursery rhymes <laughs> in there. So we'll 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 be able to talk about that later though. I had a sense of dread when considering writing a song for this topic. I, I turned out to be really busy that week and didn't have a chance to really attempt it. But this was a hard one, and I would have really struggled with it. Just the whole idea of making this song form fit into something that is, you know, listenable and somewhat mainstream, I feel like was quite a challenge. Yeah. I did have an idea for a shadow, but uh, w when I got around to sort of sitting down to do it, it just sort of didn't come out. And the other thing was I realized that it was just a joke on the challenge and might maybe not worth all of the effort that I would have put into it. It was mm -hmm. the, the whole joke would have been that the first verse would have been two words, would have been my love. Uh, then the second verse would have been four words, my love, I'm trying. And then, and then it, that, the third verse would be six words, my love, I'm trying to understand. And then the fourth verse would be like, like 120 words. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And then the fifth verse would be 122 words, you know, so it's kind of like it would be, you know, cumulative, but it would not be the whole thing. And it would not be worth it because it would just be a joke specifically for this. Right. It'd just be trying to troll the, the challenge. Right. So, yeah, so <clears throat> Fun it. for you. <laughs> I, I, I had I had a shadow. I had, I had an idea of a song for an earlier round that I did not end up doing because it was like, this is just a joke that would be a total throwaway thing. And I'm putting a surprising amount of thought into it and it is just not going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, something that you might not be interested in listening to in the future too is, you know, it's a real detractor. It's real something right. that prevents me from wanting to put a lot of effort into something. Yeah. All right. I, I guess if we want to move on, one of the things I also should mention is that I mentioned before, it's like three jerks, zero votes because our rankings don't count. Our reviews don't count this time around. So there's no stakes in anything that we're saying. So I can say any old thing. It doesn't matter because those rankings don't count. And everybody who participated in Spin Tunes really, really does matter now, except us. So. Yeah. 
I mean, your reviews do count in that people will be hearing them. Yeah, to the extent that they value our judgment. <laughs> <laughs> when it doesn't our, count, yeah. I don't think they do. <laughs> like, oh, God, I don't have to listen to those assholes talk about my song anymore. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zero downloads of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Two downloads of this podcast. It's Mike and Micah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Boy, I sound really good on this podcast. I sound so smart. <laughs> Oh, well. All right. Should we get started? Let's do it. So let's see. First up, we've got Zoe Gray with My Typewriter and Me. I like to sit alone on my roof, writing just my typewriter and me. I like to sit alone on my roof, writing just the quiver of the trees, the taste of the sun, my typewriter and me. I like to sit alone on my roof, writing Just the song caught in my head, the quiver of the trees The taste of the sun, my typewriter and me I thought it was good. I thought, you know, the typewriter sound effect uh, was mixed down really well. That kind of thing can sound bad, but... In this song, it didn't sound uh, distracting or gimmicky. I thought the format was 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 not incredibly original, but the execution was great. You know, that the buildup, that swell, you know, it gave me goosebumps at times. I and, got uh, goosebumps too. Yeah. 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 Really, like, really great at manipulating us. That terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, there were some evocative and poetic lyrics, and she she has a way of conveying emotion with her voice that works. Oh yeah. yeah, there's the vocal delivery was excellent, and like the the first time that she got around to saying that uh, my fingertips are cold, she had a, like this little quiver in her vocal delivery, which was just fantastic. I thought it was just just masterful, just wonderful. I really like this song. Yeah, and a number of the uh, artists used layering of instruments, like gradually adding more and more instruments. Uh, this is just her, and occasionally a. The second track of her vocals and the piano and the typewriter and that's it for five minutes but and it doesn't get repetitive or boring no not at all it it has a swell to it well it's really interesting to me because this is this is like by far the most psychological song and it's like the list of things it's it's all like internal well either things she's feeling or things she's thinking but it is really effective at portraying this build up and build up and build up of things that are stuck in your head. And I think part of what makes it so effective is the varying lengths of the lines. Like one thing that gets added is just the memories of friends. That's the one thing that's new. And then a few times later, the thing that's new is unending in the background humming in my head just a thousand little signals that i might have just misread just the thought that if i screw it up i'm wasting what i've got just the need i have to think of everything i've never thought and like like and it's uh, generally they're really short additions at the beginning and then longer and longer additions and it's just it's like an accelerating pile up and i think it's a really effective way of portraying this kind of trapped in your head, Ness. 
that like you have all these thoughts that just keep on adding to each other and the fact that new ones come in they don't push out the old ones they just keep cramming in so i thought that was really brilliantly portrayed that way yeah there's there's a lot of really clever stuff in the song did you notice that there were some minor key changes i don't, I don't know exactly i didn't really track the the key changes but i i feel like it went minor during some of her more negative thoughts in the piano backing Mm-hmm. I felt like, ah, oh, the music kind of gets a little sadder as her thoughts get a little moodier. And uh, I thought that was quite interesting. And it was never like, some, sometimes it's like, oh, he's talking about a bird, so the piano's doing a little bird song. Or like, oh, isn't that cute? But like, it was done in a, very, in a subtle and effective way that was not banging you over the head with it. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice that the typewriter at the very end of the song does a carriage return at the at the very end as like it's the end of the line i mean there are carriage returns throughout the typewriter sounds but the the one at the very end seems timed right at the end it's the last thing yeah. from the typewriter you hear yeah it was also pitch corrected which really distracted me it sounded so fake <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, i thought that some of the harmony vocals sounded a little bit fake in places like uh did you guys notice any sort of robotic sound to them i i, I thought i heard something like that I, I didn't, but I wasn't really listening for that. You know, the, the thing is, I, I always believe that, you know, you can get away with a lot in the backing vocals. You know, Ryan, they're, they're... Ryan Ryan believes that robotic backing vocals are just how they're supposed to sound. So, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I was looking for something to be picky about, and I thought I heard maybe something like that. Yeah. I, I think that the mix is not particularly sophisticated in terms of like when the harmony vocals come in i thought they were kind of like just sitting on top of the mix not really integrated super well that's kind of just like a technical complaint that and i'm terrible at like mixing and doing the final production stuff so i'm not really holding it against her yeah it didn't detract from the song in any real in any real way yeah yeah, it's the, the only real problems with with this technical stuff is if it takes you out of the song. And there's nothing here that took me out of the song. Yeah. All right. Should we move on? Yeah, let's talk about Mandibles with The Witching Hour. I wake up at the witching hour. Once my thoughts belong to you. Between our windows of you most hour, there is but one thing I can do. Crossing the familiar street, I'll knock at last upon your door. I definitely like the storytelling aspect of the song and the the structure of it. So having a four-line verse before the ever-expanding chorus, I think, allowed them more flexibility to tell the story. Good lyrics, good singing, good production. But one of the things I really didn't like about the song, although it was like a fuller arrangement than Zoe's take on the song, somehow the music sort of wore on me faster, or just wore on me in its sameness. And... Yeah. Um, it just 
I think uh -huh. there wasn't a lot of dynamics in the volume either, so it just kind of chugged along musically. I think at one point a flute comes in and that adds some sort of interesting thing to my ear, but it's pretty quiet. And I think the song could have used some sort of more differing elements and some more dynamics to break things up a bit. Yeah, that I, I had a similar note. I thought the electric guitar was a little loud. You know, I, I mean, the star here is the vocal performance, which is fantastic. I, those harmonies are beautiful, and there's a lot of variation in those backing vocals. And uh, that variation counteracts to a little bit that the, the uniformity of the general tone of the song, which is really pretty similar until the last stanza. But I still love the song. But yeah, I, I also had kind of the same thing. I thought it could have used a little bit more variation, a little bit more dynamics. And yeah, I thought the, the backing vocals were fantastic, though. Yeah, I want to talk mostly about the lyrics. I think uh, two things. One is that when the in the additive part or the cumulative part, there's a three-line rhyme structure. So a line will rhyme with the line. You're, we're used to hearing either like A-A-B-B or A-B-A-B, right? So it's either the next line or two lines down that rhyme. And this each line rhymes three lines down. Wow. So I'll wake up at the witching hour to take the taxi small and plain and travel under fading starlight, winking in the inky sky, climb aboard the Jersey train. And then sky was up, then we have and make the trip without a fuss or the country I will fly. Touching down, we hopes we meet and take over the crowded bus. So like in each time it's introduced, each time a line, two lines are introduced, one line doesn't have a rhyme yet. And one line is rhyming with something two lines down. And then you have to wait. It's just like a really simple, but also really incredibly sophisticated rhyme scheme. And it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really brilliant. And then the other thing that I loved about the lyrics and that kept me thinking, this was maybe the song that I thought about the most out of all of these songs. So in each verse, the four line introductory section, right? So the part that does not get repeated, that is all in the present tense. And then we have the route to get to the other person's home and that gets longer and longer. And that is all in the future tense. Mm -hmm. And my theory here is that she never goes to his house. She never actually sees him again. And they get farther and farther away. And it's like, even though now we're at different schools, I will fly over the country. Oh, now, even though I have to take a job somewhere far away, I will get on that train. And I don't think she ever does. And then there's one verse that's explicitly, the witching hours memories that linger in my mind create a joyous reverie that conjures more in kind. So this, this is a dream. This is not real. And then in the last one, finally, as life is led day by day into the grave, I rise in darkness from my bed to seek the love I've always craved. So it's at night. She's in bed. This whole witching hour, reverie, dream stuff is all throughout. I think it's if she ever thinks that she goes, it's in a dream. I don't think they're ever actually going to see each other. That's my hot take on this manifold <laughs> song. After your recitation of the lyrics, I, I kind of like went in and, and now I'm looking at the website and uh, I don't know, the very, very last four lines, 
I don't know. But uh, but you know, your recitation of the lyrics really also pointed out to me that they that they got the stressed syllables really good here. It's all da 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 da. It's really really you know just and re- reading it over now without the song playing, it's really plain too that it's it's this was written very carefully. Yeah, like yes. poetry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, more impressed now even. And okay, so the last so reverie, reverie is is mentioned throughout, and the last line is we are joined in reverie. And I just looked up reverie on Wiktionary, a state of dreaming while awake, a loose or irregular train of thought, musing or meditation, daydream. It's not real, guys. It's not real. <laughs> I think you may be right. I wondered if the uh if the protagonist was dead at the end. I well, definitely had that thought too. They because do. she mentions as day by day life is led into the grave. Yeah. So you can take that as she's realizing that she will die sometime and then if she wants to reunite she has to do it now. Or you can take it as too late she missed her chance. Right. But we'll always have reverie. Yeah. It's uh. a good song. <laughs> That's spooky. Yeah. She's got a little chill there. Maybe she's a ghost trying to take an Uber to her mother. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's hard. Okay. Well, I I wish these songs had a bio. There's this is the you know this is actually well, kind this, of this one does have there, a bio. yeah there, there is a bio. Oh. So this was written by Truth, if I recall. Well, it's it's I've pulled it up. This song was inspired by the story of a song that Truth wanted to write many years ago. And there's a little synopsis. This song takes the idea and spins it out into the story. Like most stories, the end is more satisfactory than reality. So I don't know. I don't know if she, when she writes that, if she's hinting at my interpretation or if she's saying that, yes, this is what happens in the song, but that's not right. But you know what? Death of the author, R.I.P. Cybronica, doesn't matter what you think. It matters what I think about the song. (laughs) I think they're never going to meet each other. I like that better. So Cybronica might be sort of hinting towards a U.S. ending to Brazil, but we're all going with the U.K. ending to Brazil. Is that it? Is that, a, is that a deep cut? Does anybody get that? <laughs> I, I got it. I got, okay. I got it. it. Wow, you. cool. I'm impressed. That's awesome. All right. All right. Uh, let's talk about Third Cat. And his song is Feel My Trouble. Just like any other kid Dreamed of being a star But I never really did Get all that far Growing old at this dead-end job Got a jack, make it a double. I don't want to feel my trouble. Tuesday night, headed out to the bar, and I'll have a Tom Collins and a shot of jack. I like this song. Uh, I think I think it's got this uh, good head bobbing goodness. The singer sounds into it too. I do have a couple of issues with it though, which are not deal breakers for me. But uh, number one, it's a little gimmicky, uh, and number two, it, it doesn't seem to me to flow as well as I'd like it to. Oh, and a, a very minor thing too. There's there's this really quick fade at the end, which is too quick. Yeah. But I like the fun and I like the charm of the song and I enjoy the song. 
Also, I, I really like how in the lyrics it moves through the week, which is a great touch. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it's good. It's the first of three songs, I think, that are about food and or drink. Um, but yeah, it, I regret to say that it's not my favorite of the thing. But since my vote doesn't matter, it doesn't yeah. doesn't matter at all. So I may as well just say that you know I liked some of the songs better than this, but uh, but I still like this song a whole lot. I really really do. So I thought that this song is musically more varied than the previous two songs, but it does lack the emotional punch and storytelling prowess of Zoe's and Mandible's respective songs. I thought he did a pretty good job of squeezing the lyrical style into a more traditional form with like a musical interlude. And I think he was that's what he was trying to go for. But I think ultimately he ended up with a somewhat compromised vision and didn't quite embrace the challenge as well as others did. I think that Pastor Jackalope does this too. And I think it's a, I, I actually like when people do something a little bit different than what you're expecting. You know, we're all expecting the 12 days of Christmas. But when it comes to something like this, where they have what is essentially differing verses, and the only thing that uh, gets added on to is the chorus, which, again, both Third Cat and Faster Jackalope do, I thought it was a good and a different take on it. Now, I, I got to agree, though, with this one, it didn't have the flow that I wanted, yeah. uh, that I would have preferred. But I still like it, and I still like this kind of approach to it. Well, just I do like this song a lot, but I think that it does the least interesting take on the challenge in that... The progression is, at the beginning of the song, it's Monday, he hates his job, and he's drinking. At the end of the song, it's Friday, he hates his job, and he's drinking a lot. There's no twist, it's just more and more alcohol. So, lyrically, I think it's pretty weak. I think, in terms of everything else about the song, I mean, I think the production, the guitar work, his voice... I just really love his voice in all of the songs in Spin Tunes. It's been like, yeah, third, that dude can sing. And one thing that's really cool about this song is that he does like a little bit of a drunk voice at parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he still is completely on pitch and he's completely on rhythm. And it's just like the vocal inflection and his tone that makes him sound drunk. And, and he doesn't really does, well done and he doesn't really ham it up either yeah no yeah it's really good okay let's move on to faster jackalope send me off This is the, one of the ones that I wish there was a bio for, too, because I don't know what the lyrics are about. You oh, know, man, I, I have so many thoughts. Yeah. Okay. I don't think right. you're supposed to know. I think it's like a... No, 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 no. Guys, this song is extremely clear to me. Oh, wow. All right, go for it. Yeah. Go for it, man. Okay, so, so do you guys remember Ominous Rides, Gratitude song, where he's basically saying thank you to all the girls who have dumped him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that narrator and this narrator are very similar to me 
in that they both enter into romantic relationships expecting and letting the other person to do all the work. So first verse, fix me up like Annalie did the Beach Boy, Annalie the Healer in the Beach Boy song. And, you know, I am lent at usury to the girl who used to be better than dull me, which is a very fancy words, but basically like, I expect that the, that the girl in the relationship is going to be better than me. And he, like the guy in the Ominous Ride song, is letting the girl take all the initiative, including the initiative to end the relationship, even when he knows that it should end, he's gonna let her. So the difference here is that the Ominous Ride guy expects that the cycle is gonna end when he finds the right girl who stays with him instead of breaking up with him. The faster jackalope guy expects that the cycle is gonna end when the girl gets so sick of his bullshit that she murders him. And he'll deserve it. Absolutely. I'm not sure how self-aware the Ominous Ride song was in terms of the flaws in the narrator. This song is very self-aware. Like, I, I don't know if this guy knows, but the members of Faster Jackalope, or at least the lyricist, knows that this guy is kind of a wreck. And I can keep talking about this song. Um, well, well, let's, I mean, the, the kiss on both my eyelids, that, that seems really specific. I mean, is that a, sort of a traditional, I don't know. It made me think of placing coins on the eyelids, right? I thought it, it had sort of death inferences yeah. to my mind, too, whether that was warranted or not. Well, here, well, for me, even though sort of on the face of it, this song does very little with the cumulative structure because it's just like the one-line chorus and then the two-line chorus and then the three-line chorus and then the four-line chorus. But it does something really interesting, which not many other songs do. I'm going to talk a lot, guys. I have a Go lot to it. say. Go for do it. Go for it. So the really interesting potential in cumulative songs is that usually the accumulating parts come at the beginning of each verse, right? So you have A, and then the next verse is BA, and then the next verse is CBA, right? So even though the new parts are followed by the old parts, so the lyrics are moving in two directions at once, and what this song does is that when it gets to her killing him, it recontextualizes the other three lines. So when he says, send me off, for the first three verses, it's send me off as in break up with me, maybe kick me out of the apartment, like we're going to go our separate ways. And in the last line, it's send me, like, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil, because I'm a dead guy now. And like a squeeze around the rib cage is a very different image when it's preceded by a knife in my aorta. So like you can see the like <laughs> image, the image of like the embrace, and then the, <laughs> and then you like the camera cuts to the other direction, and you see her pulling out the knife. And yeah, the kiss on both my eyelids at the beginning, it's just kind of like a sweet a little bit patronizing like i still so value have, you i still have affection for you yeah. but this relationship is not working whereas at the end it's like yeah it's like a benediction for a departed soul like like jumpy you just mentioned the coins on the eyes like that's yeah i think that's very 
intentional. So yeah. yeah, on the surface, they don't do much with the cumulative structure, but going with the theme, I think they do it really, really, really well. Right. The reveal yeah. in the, like, like making the reveal happen in the structure seems very Yeah. Funny. Yeah. And so often a song with a twist like this, like the twist will just be at the very, very, very end. Like that's the last thing. And that, and then it's like, oh, well, it, it feels cheap because it feels like it's a joke. Like, oh, the beginning of the song was just a throwaway because this is actually what it's about. Whereas, it, whereas in this case, it, they have that twist and then they have the, the previous lines that get recontextualized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So the payoff is, is sort of greater. Like it hits yeah. you right away with the knife and then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you, you find out that Bruce Willis is a ghost and then there's like 45 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> I, I Oh, I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Ryan, you're you're all with the, the movie analogies today. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, in the, it is you find out that Bruce Willis is a ghost. I haven't seen The Sixth Sense in a long time, but like there's all the elements that suddenly make so much more sense now. Yeah. That you know but if, that. Yeah, but if then after you find out, then he saves Nakatomi Plaza, then that would make the the movie, you know, a little bit more, it'd give it a little more meat, I think. So, anyhow, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors. <laughs> yes. All right. So, and just uh, side note, like these guys working together, like, are so good. I know that a lot of for Spintoons or Narine, like there's a lot of sort of ad hoc bands that just like, let's get together to do this for Spintoons. Like, I hope that they do more stuff together because I think they work really, really well together and they oh, yeah. produce really great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, this is probably my favorite of the, of the top four. I haven't decided yet. And this, uh, you know, this discussion of things might, change my meaningless rankings yeah my meaningless and valueless rankings so we'll see it gives us more to think about for sure i like to think that they put the harmonized guitar in there just for me but you know <laughs> maybe not they probably do yeah all right should we move on yeah let's talk about micah's song you like me ryan caught you staring at me staring at me across the classroom and that's how Brian knows that you like me and Natalie got a note from Brian while Mr. Lee was rambling about something that Brian caught you staring at me staring at me across the classroom and that's how Natalie knows that you like me Oh my God, Micah, you are one charming, clever bastard. <laughs> well, that's why you like me. <laughs> I loved this song the first time I heard it and the last time I heard it. Yeah, It kind of sucked that they played it first at the listening party because it, it gave me expectations for everybody else's songs. And I'm like, oh. Why did they play this first at the listening party? Oh, they did the shadows first. They did the shadows yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is, is the brass in this song a euphonium? Yes. Ah, okay. Yep. Do you still Real have that instrument. euphonium that you borrowed? Uh, no, actually, I got another one. I had to give that one back because I left the band that it belonged to. And then a friend of mine 
who I was doing some other completely unrelated music with. I was doing like some bluegrass stuff. I was playing accordion and he was playing upright bass. But he's an older guy and he's a brass player. And I was like, yeah, I used to play the euphonium, but now I don't have an instrument. And he's like, I have a euphonium that I hardly ever play anymore. Do you want it? So I was like, yes, I do. So that is that one. Nobody has a euphonium. <laughs> what a worthless instrument. Nobody. Yeah. No, no, but like nobody, nobody has a euphonium just lying around. How many people do we know who have a euphonium? We know one person. I think we, we may know one person who knows what it is. Well, <laughs> right. you know, you, you it's guys. It's like an ocarina, right? <laughs> it's a lot more expensive. It's like a cross between an ocarina and a bagpipe. <laughs> it yes, works super yeah. well with the accordion. Thank you. I don't play the euphonium very much, and I never know when I pull it out how I'm going to sound because it's like it, it's like you build up your muscles in your mouth, and then when you don't play for a while, they go to crap. So I wasn't sure if I'd be able to pull it off, but I think it turned out pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was thinking, I was listening to this song and thinking, man, if that was a French horn instead of euphonium, this song would suck. <laughs> I guess the the danger is it sounding super farty, right? Yeah, just not having a not having a pure clean tone. You can get like a sort of buzzy or like staticky tone. And also, I am not very good at playing on pitch uh, with the euphonium. It's pretty flat some of the times, but not as bad as it was in You Know About Me, my Beyonce prequel from before. That was a train wreck that nobody called me out on. Uh, <laughs> euphonium playing was a train wreck, guys, factually. Right. Um, Doesn't matter. Great song. It's Doesn't like a matter. bugle, right? You're responsible for the pitches. Like, it, it's, uh, it, it it's not like a fretted has, instrument. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has valves. So you press down the valves, and that changes the length of the tubing, which changes the pitch. But your mouth also affects... We can we can get into a whole thing about the <laughs> physics of brass instruments, but I can like feel our our listener count dropping as we continue this conversation. Mike, can you tell yeah. me a little bit about the structure? I thought the the structure was very clever too. Is that something standard? I love the way that you reprised all of the names at the end. Yeah, well that well I knew I wanted to end with, and that that's how I know that you like me. But it didn't feel right to just have that and like, boom, there it is. So it was like, oh, I'll go backwards or forwards in the order that they're introduced. So that felt like a good way to do it. I just had a lot of fun with this song. Um, it, was, it was a great, it was a great fun song. I mean, we had it was a lot fun. of fun. It was very listening. happy. It was, it, you know, it was a smile ear to ear type of song. You know, I that, just everything about it. I mean, it was, it was. It's one of those that, yeah, you, you can't really find anything to criticize about it because, like, oh, oh the clapping is imperfect? Well, it's supposed to be. <laughs> right, you know? right. It's like, it's, it's perfectly imperfect, if you know what I mean. It's like, yeah. uh, but yeah, fun instrumentation. Uh, I, I got one comment. You know, uh, what is that shitty drum set at the end? I kind of <laughs> I, I love it, but okay. it is crap, whatever the hell it is. Oh, oh my, okay, okay. I have a son. He's two and a half years old. That is his drum set. It, it is it is sized for a two and a half year old. It is oh a fully God. functioning drum set. Snare drum, kick drum, tom, crash cymbal, hi hat. 
Tell your all two-year-old of, son he can't play for crap. All of that one half. I mean, that's me playing. I was He's, kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was like, uh, as I was, rec- I knew that I wanted to do all uh, real instruments. I didn't want to sequence or program anything. Um, and it and it was like, I this is this needs an extra kick at the end. And I have like, I have a small djembe and I have the shaker and everything that I had in. And it just so happened that my son and my wife were somewhere. I don't even remember where they were, but they were not in the house. Cause usually I record when he's sleeping and I would not have been able to go up to the drum set that is 20 feet from his room <laughs> and play this, record playing the drums while he's sleeping. So it worked out. I went up and recorded like the like 15 seconds of drums. But yes, it is. It's really me playing the drums. It really is a garbage drum set that is half the size. So yeah, I was like hunched over it. It was it was ridiculous. It was kind of perfect. Uh, it was really yeah. cool. I like. I did. Uh, I did. I hope you appreciate it. I also played a real live bass guitar on this song. Wow, that didn't stick out as much as as the glam euphonium or the yeah. the other things so the the accordion or anything like that but yeah no i and i love this song if we were ranking the shadows this would definitely be in my top 12 so <laughs> it'd be it was really really good uh you're only saying that because <laughs> I'm right here so i i know who brian zoe and glennie are who is natalie natalie is one half of running green lights oh Damn it. I was like, I'm looking on the list of all the song fight participants. I'm like, where's Natalie? Where's Natalie? Uh, Missed that. Yeah, I there were only so many people whose names I knew and who like like it's it's a weird thing. This like the whole is the pseud- pseudonymous pseudonymous. <laughs> that is the word. Pseudonyms. <laughs> Like, especially when, like, in Narine, this happens in Narine all the time, that people make up a new stage name Yeah. every time. And so it's like, I don't want to figure out who you are. Like, just you either use your real name or make up a name and stick with that name. Like, sure, that's fine. So yeah. so I couldn't figure out who everybody was. And then, like, Jocko homomorphism, like, I know his real name, but, like, I don't know if he, I don't know, I don't think that he's afraid of people finding out who he is but anyway but i wanted to like i wanted to only use names that like people had confirmed like you this is who i am so at one of the running green light songs listed both of their names and then and then we all know glennie from faster jackalope and yeah. etc and marlon so of course yeah of course yeah so you're not doxing anybody <laughs> I, right, exactly right all right. Well, speaking of Jocko homomorphism, uh, his song was On the Beach. Nothing to do but head for the bar as we wait for the toxic cloud. Nothing to do but head for the bar as we wait for the toxic cloud. We didn't drop the first atom bomb and we only won by default. Named after that kind of bad Neville Shoot book of the same name. Yeah, I read that book in high school and it was really depressing. 
but somehow it sort of stuck with me. I liked this particular song, I think the best of all of his songs. It's, you know, upbeat, quirky, glitchy, interesting, sounds good. And I feel like Jocko kind of cut loose on this one. Like the pressure's sort of off now and he was allowed to be himself. And I think he really shined on this one. Yeah, I thought I thought it sounded a bit like a TMBG B-side circa like 1985. And that, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it was mixed well, and I love Mainstream how it. Stream USA, <laughs> the black guy, the bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or you know, like uh, hope you don't become a robot. You know, maybe. Yes. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But uh, but our, yeah, no. Our but... follower count is dropping again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we lost Chumpy. <laughs> All right, but anyhow, I thought it was mixed well, um, and I love how it disintegrates gradually throughout the song. I thought it was fun. I, thought, I think there's a lot to hear in the song, like a lot of variation too. So it's, uh, you know, it's like every time I've heard it, it's I, I feel like I'm catching some other neat little effect that he's thrown in there as a one-off or something. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think this is closer to his wheelhouse of what he normally does. And uh, I know that he mentioned on Facebook that he wanted to go more noisy in round three. And then obviously the challenge like specifically was like don't (laughs) don't do what you normally do but yeah he's like if you check out he's on Bandcamp. he actually just released um (laughs) officially tomorrow because it's already tomorrow in australia he just released it's just a compilation of all the stuff that he's done this year including this stuff for spin tunes but some other really fun noisy crazy stuff so yeah i agree he uh I don't know if, he, if feeling like the pressure was off or just let him do what he wants to do, but there's so much going on, and I'm 99% sure that, like, all the dialogue... Like, I thought at first that it was, like, samples from the film adaptation, then I was like, wait, none of these people have Australian accents. No, no, that is him. Like, that's him doing all right. the dialogue and everything. And I also read the book in high school. I also found it to be a total downer. It also really like stuck with me in some like specific, really specific ways. Uh, this song is so much more fun than that book. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, have you read the book? I did not. No. So, yeah. So uh, Australia is the only place where humans are left alive after a nuclear war. And they are just waiting for the radiation to reach them. So it's like, we've got four years to live. And then like, we've got two years to live. And then like, we're all dead now. So the whole, the whole book is like, will they figure out a way to save humanity? And in the end, they don't. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) And there's a whole, and there's a, a really big part of the plot is that they get a radio signal from North America. And so it's like, is somebody alive in North America? And so they get in a submarine. They go, it's like a whole big thing. They get in their submarine. They get to the radio station where the transmission is. And it's the wind coming through a broken window and, like, making the telegraph needle tap. Like... Uh. And, like, that's a huge <laughs> section of the book. Yeah. It it's like an adventure tale at that point in the book. Like, with the most depressing conclusion. Yep. You're all going to die. Yikes. 
Yikes. I saw I saw the the sequel, the Road Warrior movies. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, no, I don't I don't. Wow. Okay. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But this song, so much fun. Yeah, much yeah. more fun. I love it. Actually, he's a math guy, and he was at a conference in Wisconsin, so I met up with him, and we had a conversation about avant-garde music. And one of us mentioned that, like, yeah, you can get away with introducing really weird, bizarre elements if there are other elements in the song that are more recognizable. So, like, he's got a prominent beat. He's got, you know, repeating lyrics. He's got a lyrical structure. So the fact that there's all these weird non-standard tunings and all this weird noisy stuff, like it works because you have something else to hold on to. So some of the other stuff that he's done is like more just like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't have anything to hold on to (laughs) a little bit. But this is a really good example of where that works really well. What do you say we move on to Von Borten? with one turkey sandwich. It's the office Christmas party and I'm feeling faint-hearted. Everyone knows everyone, but I only just started. And the people are so friendly, I just want to impress. But I don't know what to order and I'm not sure how to dress. I'll just have a taste of brandy and a few slices of cheese. A small glass of wine and a single turkey sandwich, please. The CEO has said he'll buy the whole office a beer. And there's tons of enthusiastic young people here. And I don't want to look old. I don't want them to think that because I'm over 30, I've... All right, so let's talk about Von Borten's One Turkey Sandwich. I guess I can start on this. This reminds me a lot of Third Cat's entry in that it is a list of things consumed. And I think this is slightly better than Third Cat's in that there is a progression. I don't know where I got that idea, but with Third Cat, as Micah mentioned previously, it was like, you know, on Monday he hates his job and he's drinking, and on Friday he really hates his job and he's drinking more. In this one, you know, uh, things get a little wilder as he drinks, and, you know, I just feel like there's a better progression. And this has got all the things I like about a Von Borten song. It's got his, you know, subtle production touches and his self-deprecating humor. There's some good storytelling here. I like the Christmas bells, you know, for a Christmas song. I think that really works. Gotta love waltz time. And I like at the end, it sounds like there are these gang vocals that come in and it makes it sound a bit like a group sing-along, which I think is kind of a cool touch. So yeah, I like this song, but maybe not as much as I expected to. Bomb's always been a favorite of mine in this contest, but this time, you know, I just thought it was just okay. It didn't really, didn't really wow me. Yeah, Von Borten, Third Cat, and Menage Tune all had the same general idea uh, with, you know, ever-increasing lists of food and drink. And this is a really great song, but it's it's really sort of uh, pretty conventional, and I, and I don't mean conventional in any sort of a negative way. But yeah, uh, Von Vort and Third Cat and Menage Tune, but Vom, I think, executed it in the most uh, digestible fashion, the most uh, conventional and sort of 
easily approachable. So you know, it's it's like we we've, we've heard songs like this before. You know, it doesn't sound I don't know how to put it. It doesn't sound Twelve Days of Christmas. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like it's a trick. You yeah, know, it sounds like a song. And uh, of course, I love Three Quarter Time. So yeah, well, the the fact that it's that the verses have the non-recurring sections have a story that runs parallel to the ever-expanding list of food that I think really helps it, makes it feel like not just an ever-expanding list of food or, or drink, which, uh, much as I loved Third Cat's song, that was its main weakness, was that there was really nothing else to it besides that list. Whereas this one, it tells a story, you know, he's nervous at the party, then he doesn't want to look old, so he's going to drink some more. Then he's relaxing. He's starting to let loose. He's making people uncomfortable. Then he's dancing on the table. So it's a, it's a story, and it works yeah. well in parallel to the, the expanding list. Yeah, very relatable. We've all been there. Oh, yeah. Six pints of lager. That's usually <laughs> where I start, actually. Uh, that's the main difference between, between yeah. him and me. But. Yeah, that would be the title of your song, not not, <laughs> not turkey sandwich. <laughs> That's my maintenance dose. <laughs> uh, what did you think, Ryan? Did oh, uh, I? I already did, did all my blathering about it. I thought it was a great song. I did, I did. And again, there was something you know just sort of nice and comfortable and and funny and and clever about it. And yeah, it, it, it was a good song. All right, with that, let's move on to Brian Gray with The Yeast Song. Well, we're on a trip aboard a ship to salvage humankind. We gotta not go out of our collective freaking mind. So give a yelp and drink to help the colony survive. Woo! And that's the bridge we choose to use to keep the yeast alive. We're on a trip aboard a ship to salvage humankind We gotta not go out of our collective freaking mind So give a yelp and drink to help the colony survive Woo! We build a molten barley grain until the gristy bits remain A properly heated water splash converts the starch into a mash And that's the ruse we choose to use to keep the yeast alive Maybe you could classify this as a Wikipedia song about yeast? I really enjoyed reading his long song bio which uh, sort of helped me appreciate the song a little bit more, and I learned some things about yeast I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that it wouldn't keep for more than six months or so, and that you actually have to feed yeast in order to keep it growing and living and doing its thing. So I guess the crew is ostensibly feeding the yeast by making, and it's brewer's yeast, and so they're making, you know, alcohol. So they drink it, and that's the whole point of the song. I really liked how dense and clever the rhymes were, you know, for a Wikipedia song. It's still pretty cool that the rhymes were thick and they came at you quick. Um, I think there were, you know, multiple rhymes per line uh, and interior rhymes as well. I thought this could fit into the Gleebleverse. You know, I'm not sure exactly what the Gleebleverse story arc is, but I, you know, I imagine there's a place where, you know, they're on the starship and, you know, they're headed at warp 47 or whatever it is to wherever the captain's driving them shoe hard <laughs> shoe hard shoe hard so this you did not canon <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is some fanfic gleebleverse bullshit yeah, yeah. I, I think the main problem is that the timeline of the gleebleverse as we glimpsed it is so vast like <laughs> that there's a lot of holes that have not been filled in. <laughs> like, well, well, 
Well, yes. I mean, we start, I mean, we start off with we start off with the aliens invading in song one, right? Okay, cool. That's obviously one song, like one data point. That's fine. <laughs> the second song is like in the immediate aftermath of the invasion. And it's like, oh, this from the human perspective. Oh, is he going to mount a resistance? Oh boy! In the next song, we're going to get a cool resistance to the Gleeble version. But ah, da, 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 da. nope, <laughs> we've fast-forwarded many generations. Somehow, humanity has survived, or at least a remnant has, and has managed to construct their own spacefaring technology, and has managed to come up with extremely contrived reasons to for Philip Glass funds uh, and like also contrived reasons for drinking songs. Yes. But I, I mean, the, the contrived reason for the drinking song was less contrived than the contrived yeah. reason for the, for the Philip Glass pun, for sure, yeah. I think. And therefore more excusable? No, no, no. I'm, I am abandoning ship. I am, I am switching over to the Z-Baxiverse. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I, I did point out that uh, we were considering doing a song of the Gleebleverse, and I mentioned this to Brian, and I told him that I was worried that his lawyers were going to come after us, and then he, t he told me, oh, it's all in the Creative Commons, so anyone yeah. is free to crib from the Gleebleverse if you want to yeah. do your own Gleebleverse uh, slash fiction or whatever. Slash fiction? Oh boy! <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know who the two characters I'd be slashing are. So. We don't even have two characters yet. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have Gleeble Glorp and humans. That's, yeah, Gleeble Glorp and Kumquat Tree I, Boy slash. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I no. We're gonna we're gonna focus on the Zbacksivers from now on. So that's a deep cut for. for... I did. Uh, so so I had a I had a college mathematics class and the professor was explaining some mathematical proof and uh it was proved by i think like a, an arabic mathematician from several centuries ago and he's like now imagine figuring this out and then having to explain it in rhymed and metered poetry because that's how you did mathematical proofs then and that's how i feel a little bit about this song that it's just like it's very impressive that he got this like pretty technical and i don't know how accurate because i don't know anything about brewing but this like pretty technical and detailed explanation of brewing within this like very specific and consistent uh rhyme scheme so i was impressed by that yeah, I was impressed by the ambient sounds and how he made it sound like there were a whole bunch of people in the ship, you know, at 10 forward with the person leading the song. I liked all that part. Yeah. And um, it's a little conventional uh, as far as the challenge goes. And the lyrics themselves are great. The content is wonderful. But the song itself sounds like we've heard it before. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing with drinking songs. They're meant to be really simple. So people can sing yeah. them. I am. I'm pretty offended that Brian did not ask me to uh, contribute an actual accordion performance, instead mm. going with his, his his VST accordion. But that's fine. Not better. <laughs> I guess he was holding out hope for a reinstatement. In which case, uh, if he is collaborating with a judge, then that would have uh, theoretically. I don't know. Except it's the final round, so the judge. I don't. What's the? It wouldn't no matter. Precedent there. I don't know. So. Yeah. Didn't Menage a Tune get in? Didn't they get in on 13 or something like that at the last round? 
Yes, but yes. The, but but what I'm saying is, if he had collaborated with me, a yeah. judge, yeah, like that would have been no, yeah. I don't think there's any precedent for that. Yeah, I don't think that that's why he didn't. He probably just didn't want to deal with temperamental artists. <laughs> They're all so hard, so hard to so work with. I know. Manage. Yeah, it's like herding cats. So forget about it. He, you know, who uh, knows the timeline he was working with too. Like he probably did this all on a weekend or something. It's hundreds of years. That's the timeline. <laughs> hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm done. All right. Let, <laughs> let us move on to Good Guy Sojabe with Nightcrawler. I have to say I like good guys Sojabi more when they try to sound like Motorhead rather than when they sound like Pearl Jam. So that I like the fast headbanging riffage and the heavy lyrics. And I, I did think about the lyrics a little bit, and I'm kind of sure that this is about the movie Nightcrawler and not the Marvel comic book Nightcrawler, where the protagonist is this anti-hero who chases accidents and home invasions uh, to get salacious footage for the news. So yeah, I thought it was just kind of interesting. Ryan's been all talking about movies on this podcast, and... I feel like this is another movie reference. Did you see Nightcrawler, Ryan? I did not. With uh, no. Jake With, uh, Gyllenhaal, Jake I want to say. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. It could be about the comic book. I, I don't see any anything about the, the comic book in here, actually. And I, I can't comment about the about the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I just sort of, I don't know. I, I, I guess I didn't really think all that much about the lyrics. Uh, it, it does sound a lot different than their their previous kind of emo 90s stuff. I think it's a great song. I just I guess I just didn't really think about the content of the lyrics all that much. Yeah. Uh, but what I was really you know thinking about was the bass drum and the snare and the bass drum and the snare and the bass drum and the snare. The boom tip, boom tip, boom tip, boom tip, which is fine. But mm, uh, uh, I would I would have done something different. I think. If it, if it oh, were did me. The, the drum pattern get a little repetitive for you? It just it just it was just really sort of prominent and simple. I thought. But yeah, also, um, I wish he wasn't hiding his voice in that tone vocal effect combo that he has. It's a great song. I just think that, you know, whenever you're just drown your own voice and in, in hide it, just, I just kind of wish you'd bring it out a little bit more. Yeah. The overall tone of the song was a little muddy and dark, too, I thought. And maybe that's what they were going for. Especially the vocals. And I think that happens a lot in the Good Guy uh, Sojabe songs. But uh, but I just wish that, you know, I wish we could kind of hear what he's got uh, without muddying it up and drowning it and all of that stuff. Like whatever. a clean yeah. tone preset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this song is almost getting into like Temner territory, except that Temner is like everything is very clean. And it's like the the like high energy is up there but yeah this was like you guys are saying there's it was muddy the the voice was was hidden in all these effects i also 
have not seen Nightcrawler, but I knew that it was Jake Gyllenhaal as a photographer chasing news stories. And so I assumed that that was probably what they were referencing, although I'm not certain about that. I did also, I felt like they wrote a song and then they broke it up and then they structured it so that it would fit with the thing. Like it didn't feel like the cumulative aspect was intrinsic to the the song itself yeah i yeah. did double check to see it was cumulative i was like oh i'm gonna disqualify these guys this is not cu- oh wait <laughs> it's cumulative i know but i was ready i was ready well i mean i, I don't know <laughs> I, I think i think with shadows it's totally totally fair to try and flout it absolutely as much as you can like yeah. marlon like yeah. marlon didn't have a vocal harmony in his thing and I, I love that song that he did and i don't care about it and it doesn't matter if it's disqualified or not because it was a great song and he didn't meet the challenge but you know there was nothing at stake for him and i think it's sort of the same thing here it's it's more like here's a suggestion you know, go for it. And if you roll the dice, you, know, you may or may not get reinstated, but uh, especially in the last round, it's so, so unlikely. So, you know, they may or may not have been shooting for that. They might've just been thinking like, oh man, we'll just, we'll just try and make a, a neat song with this general idea for uh, a challenge. Yeah. yeah. So that, that didn't bug me whether or not they met or did as well in the challenge as, uh, as they could have. I, I, I just judging this on a song, I think it's a great song. It's got the boom tip that I don't like so all, all that much, but, um, but it's still, you know, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's just, it's just one out of many different choices that they made. And the, a lot of the rest of them I, I appreciated and I liked that they sounded different than usual. Yeah, me too. I like the, that it did have, even though, it had a very relentless driving energy. It did have like discrete sections and there was like the weird, like, I don't know if it was like a who, 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 or what the, I don't remember what the kind of chanted section was. It was cool. It's not the style of music that I reach for very often, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to menage tune with let's have lunch. Let's have lunch. At the Country Kitchen Self-Serve Salad Bar. I'll just have some salad, cause I don't want to get fat. When we have lunch at the Country Kitchen Self-Serve Salad Bar. Just a plate of lettuce, since I'm just having salad. Cause I don't want to get fat. When we have lunch at the Country Kitchen Self-Serve Salad Bar. I have a confession to make. Will you hear my confession, Ryan? Uh, uh, how long has it been since your last confession? Um, yeah, never, never. Yeah. Okay. All right. I didn't make it all the way through this song. I didn't get through the seven minutes of the song, but I did get over half of it. So more than 50%. So you missed the kazoo. There's a kazoo solo. There's, there's like, she gets like two or three other kazoos in there and they have this amazing kazoo. No, she doesn't. Oh, God. Because <laughs> there's a kazoo at the beginning, but oh, yeah. damn it. Yeah. So no. you had me. She did, I did she read did all of the lyrics, though. So, yeah. So I think Which I get the, the best gist way to of it. experience any song to read it. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Oh, it's just, it's just, you know, the solo voice thing is hard to listen to sometimes. And I just, I, I struggled. I, I struggled getting yeah. okay, well, through. It has a good melody, though. Other than the the lyrical content, that's really sort of all that we can judge this on because it's just an acapella single singer. 
So it's a good melody. Uh, I didn't think there was enough kazoo. Not very much of this rhymes. And I think it could have easily been made to rhyme or, or to rhyme more. But on the other hand, I don't really think rhymes are really necessary for this. More, it's this is, you know, this is not a good production. You know, like you can hear the pages being turned. You hear a couple of errors that could have very easily been comped out with just like another take or to, you know, just sort of like just, I, I don't know, maybe she's just doing one straight through recording without any uh, software. Yeah, it's got to be hard exactly to do in a seven minute song. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is maybe the case. Cause, and I don't know how they work together, but it seems like Ted is generally responsible for most or all of the production stuff. And it seemed like he was not available. Just like in the previous round, she was not available. So for a nominal duo, they're spending half of their time not working together. But um, I think that maybe she did one take straight through. And if it is one take straight through, then it's pretty solid. There are... Um, There's a little flub a, here and there. A little, yeah, a flub here and there. But, I mean, good on you for just going down the line. I did think this was a good use of the form because it progressed in two ways. One is that... If you were getting food at the salad bar, like this is the order that you would be getting them in. If you're at the, like you start with the lettuce and all that, you know. And also, they get progressively less conventionally considered healthy. So you start with lettuce and then you're ending with, uh, with ice cream and chocolate cake. Uh, so there's two ways that the progression is being used there. And remember what I said way long time ago about how there's the progression in opposite directions. Uh, so it's kind of fun that she starts when she gets to, I'm just having salad. She definitely has, does kind of like an apologetic kind of chuckle. Like I'm just having salad when, when it's getting, when the, the plate is piling higher and higher and higher. So that's a cool way that it uses the progression in the other direction to have a little bit of humor as well. Aside from that, I agree that it is hard to listen to seven minutes of acapella singing. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, I thought I thought maybe a little more effort. Uh, maybe, maybe again, maybe just some, some more computer work. Yeah. If she has a computer program, if she, yeah. you know, just, just get GarageBand, get anything. Yeah. A lot and, of, yeah. yeah. And I think she needs to cut out or consolidate some of these ingredients, like put the shredded cheese and the ham together in one verse, maybe cut out either the cucumbers or the tomatoes. Yeah. It's just yeah. every, you know, especially when the longer that the song gets, the longer that each individual verse makes the song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it adds up real quick. I mean, I remember when we were doing the, uh, the last song for spin tunes 13 and I wanted it to be two verses and a chorus, but that would stretch it out into like five or six minutes. Right. Because it was because you had two to do songs. exactly. It was like three sections. There was one section and then another section, and, and then the combined together. section. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just added one more verse, it almost doubled the length of any song that you had. So it's uh, you know I I still think that verse was great. I wish we could have used it, but you would have been sitting through six or seven minutes of this one song, 
And that's kind of what we're what we're doing here. That is the challenge that we had to do something like this. And I'm not going to win any friends here, but I think like the 12 days of Christmas is is also excruciating <laughs> and hard to sit through. And there's no payoff. <laughs> Five golden rings. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, the thing is, that's the, the, the money shot right there's there. There's no so payoff in this song either. Like, you yeah. know the joke, like, going into it. And it's, exactly. Yeah. By the second verse, you know what the joke is. It's a dad joke. Nobody likes dad jokes. Right, Micah? <laughs> I am going to abstain from comments. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, and also the other thing is, you know, I I mentioned this during the last podcast. I I voted for Menage a Tune for reinstatement, and uh, and I'm thinking like, you know, okay, so there there's a there's a long ways between reinstatement and getting into the top four, but still, you know, this is not kind of what I'd voted for for them to put into the last round. So, and I know that they probably, you know, submitted this knowing that they probably wouldn't get reinstated at the last round, but still, you know, you got to bring it. You got to bring it every round. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, Glenn Raphael. If the climate changes. If the climate changes, that will cause many, many wrong things, bad things. If the climate changes, that will cause drought. If the climate changes, that will cause many, many wrong things, bad things. If the climate changes, that will cause flood and drought. If the climate changes, that will cause many, many wrong things, bad things. If the climate changes, that will cause massive earthquakes, floods and drought. If the climate changes, that will cause many, many wrong things, bad things. If the climate changes... And in some ways, this was like Menage Tune's song in that it was just a single voice, but it had multiple tracks and harmonies, and I think it was funnier, had some better humor. The harmonies could have been tighter in places, but that didn't really detract me too much. I really liked the, the, the line, Giant Squid Migration. And I'm, I wasn't quite sure why that would be harmful to mankind, because I, I have a feeling giant squids migrate as it is, and we don't notice that, and it's fine. But anyway, I, I, that line did stick out to me. And I thought this, this song was probably, of all the songs in the contest, the most inspired by 12 Days of Christmas than any of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even some of the little melodic snippets yeah and it made me like think of glenn's last song which he was disqualified for which was obviously based on another song so so what you're saying is that glenn is a big fat plagiarist <laughs> no <laughs> no he seeks it <laughs> he seeks inspiration uh i don't know I don't know where I'm going with that. No, 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 no. He's, he's, yeah. he's not a plagiarist. This is, this is a good song. It had good harmonies and good messages. And yeah, I, I agree. I pretty much would be repeating <laughs> Chumpy's uh, review here. You know, it's got good harmonies, good messages, a little sloppy production wise. But it's, you know, it's a bummer of a song with a fun melody. So yeah. Yeah, I'd take it, at, take it at face value. I like it. I think my main problem with the song, I mean... Like, climate change is a, a serious thing. And you can either, like, do, a, like, dark, this sucks, like a, like a seriously downer song, or you can make light of it in a, in a specific way, whatever that way is. And I don't think he really does either of those things. It's this sort of middle ground where he's 
I mean, aside, I don't, I don't know about giant squid migrations, but like these are serious issues that will happen, presumably. And it's kind of in a jokey way, but kind of not. Like I don't, I just, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel at the end of this song. Uh, my other issue, this is way more nitpicky and just me kind of being a jerk, but when I have a list of things, I really like them to have the same grammatical structure. And you have, if the climate changes, that will cause, you're going to have a nominal phrase, not a complete sentence. Flood, drought, giant squid migration. Children won't know snow. That is not a nominal phrase. That is a complete sentence. And he does that twice. Children won't know snow. Polar bears will drown. You can't say if the climate changes, that will cause children won't know snow. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's better. For a second, I thought you were going to complain about the Oxford comma or something. So No, uh, that's a whole other thing. Um <laughs> Uh, it's true that he does not use the Oxford comma <laughs> in the lyrics as printed. Uh, I, I really go back and forth on that one. I'm not an I'm not an Oxford comma person. I do think I like the tune. It is fun. He does not consistently use the same melody for each section each time. Yeah, which I think is fine. And the harmonies are not completely locked in, and that was an issue that I had with his earlier songs. But you know, he's got a great voice. He really does. I, uh, I want to give him credit for that. And I think, you know, he doesn't work really hard on getting the production super tight and polished. And I think that that's fine. Those are my thoughts okay. about this song. Yeah. All right, let's finish up. Uh, this is going to be a long podcast. We've got Glenny with So Alive. You make me feel so alive. You are the beating of my You make me feel so alive I hope my nerves don't start You are the beating of my heart You make me feel so alive My intellect does not know I hope my nerves don't start to show You are the beating of my You make me So I like the idea that the thing that grows or accumulates is the layers of instrumentation. And I think this could have worked in concert with uh, consistently growing verse lines. But this song just really kind of confused me. It wasn't entirely clear that things grew consistently, and I was confused when the elements coming in were substituted for words, and then the actual words were revealed in subsequent lines. Anyway, I didn't really quite get it, and um, I think that there might be a clever inner logic to this song that makes this all work, but trying to figure it out sort of made my head spin, and I, I just gave up and just said, I don't really get this song. Yeah, so I did, uh, there is a clever inner logic. Basically, when a line is introduced for the first time, the last word is dropped. And so the truncated line rhymes with the next line 
which is the line that was previously introduced because of the whole reverse progression thing. And then the next time it's come through, they put in that last word and the line that's introduced next has its own last word truncated so that it will rhyme with it. So we have, you are the beating of my, you make me feel so alive. And then we have, I hope my nerves don't start. You are the beating of my heart. You make me feel so alive. My intellect does not know. I hope my nerves don't start to show. You are the beating of my, you make me feel so alive. Holy so cow. Yeah, I got that part, but it, it wasn't cumulative in the traditional sense. Like, like you know, those lines didn't repeat later on. Like, I didn't... The I, mean, heart... I mean, they do. Uh, I mean, then, you know, this energy is now. My intellect does not know how. I hope my nerves don't start. You are the beating of my heart. It does add it. But then it shifts to a different section where he abandons the strict addition of lines midway through. And uh, there might be a, a specific different pattern going on there, but I didn't figure out exactly what it is. I agree that it's not strictly maintained throughout. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that was clever. I'm just not sure it worked when hearing the song if you like didn't sit down to think about it. Yeah, I actually agree. I think that it's a very impressive and ambitious way of structuring it. I don't think it made for a particularly fun listen. You know, yeah. he he performs all the instruments well, he sings pretty well, but it feels more like a puzzle than a song that I am meant to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, but I, I there's there's stuff that I like listening to with that. Like I, I like listening to a rhyme structure that you don't expect, and this definitely mm -hmm. has that. Uh, having said that, yeah, I, I also agree with you guys. It doesn't have the kind of flow that would make it an easy song to listen to. You know, I thought I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a great, great song. But yeah, it was. You you were kind of like occasionally surprised to hear this new rhyme or this thing that referenced something earlier and not able to follow it quite as easily as say the 12 days of Christmas. Having said that, I think it's still really impressive. So, and the theremin, they have a theremin in it. Yeah. Awesome. Theremin. Theremin. <laughs> <laughs> theremin. Yay. Theremin. Yeah, no, I thought it was fun and catchy. Uh, he did steal our chromatic step down triplet that we used in We Should. I, I, we, I thought we had that um, trademarked. I did, notice, I did notice that. I was like, he stole that thing that Jurgatorium like, registered the trademark to. <laughs> and, uh, and I had never heard before I heard the Jurgatorium song. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our, uh... Your check is in the mail, Micah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, I, no we, we, yeah, we, don't, we don't own that yet. It's uh, patent pending. But uh, but no no it's uh, I'm, I'm sure you didn't get that from us so I I can't remember where I stole it from, but I'm sure I stole it from somewhere else. But yeah no it's I I like the song. Yeah. Uh, thought it was really enjoyable. I thought it was neat to listen to, but in a in a way yeah a little bit like listening to a puzzle. All right, I think that wraps it up. We are done. Um maybe. Do we want to talk about Dr. Lindykes? Yep. The twelve days of the campaign. On the first day of the campaign, my DM gave to me a deck of many things. Isn't that a lot? Not really. On the second day of the campaign, my DM gave to me two spider gloves and a deck of many things. Don't you mean gloves?
loves the spider climbing? Yeah, but that doesn't scan. I didn't hear that. All right. Okay. That was on the listening party, but not on the album. Yeah. Do we want to at least make a shout out to Dave about that? Shout out to Dave for Dave. Uh, recycling a song he had already done before and not producing something original and new. Yeah, shout out to Dave for doing some derivative dad humor. <laughs> Yay, dad jokes, right, Micah? <laughs> well, well, y- yes, there, you know, screw you guys. Uh, no, wait, okay, no, there, there is something worse. He won than that dad. fight, Ryan. Give me. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I'm grilling him about it. There is one thing that's worse than dad jokes, though, and that's D and D humor. So, uh, anyhow, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just break, uh, busting his balls here. So yeah, no, it was, it was a fun beat song. Yeah, well, well, I, I mean, that was my understanding was that he did that was an older song that he did not actually write that for this challenge. Yeah, yeah. but it was just like, oh, I, this is a thing that I made that fits. We'll throw it in. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Maybe he did it, write it for this. Yeah, I thought it was neat and it was funny, and I like the way that you know he he knew that it would just be torturous if he went through it the, the way that you go through right. so a Christmas. He skipped ahead from like four to twelve. Yeah, and then he just <laughs> just dumps all this stuff on this you know the guy playing D and D and it's like oh my god it's so it was like overwhelming and and that was funny and that was really wow. really well kind of wow. designed so yeah I appreciated that it was good. All right, so. So have you guys have you guys ranked the four official songs? Not quite. I think I may have picked a number one. Okay. Well, well, I I have ranked the songs, and um, I actually, in keeping with the challenge, I decided to present my rankings in the form of a song. Which uh, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can we can we perform the song together right now? Do you have a uh, You've got your your instruments and everything. Let's see, hold, hold on just a second. Let me get my okay. So I got my piano next to me right now. Yep. Uh, the organ is on the other side, so I can play that with my other hand. The bass, I've got those those uh, bass pedals, so yep. we can use that. Yep. And then the um, the guitar. Who's gonna play the guitar? We'll 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 figure it out. We'll just we'll just yeah. we'll just yeah. we'll let's just, just go let's, as we go. Let's try it. All I've right. got my yeah, hand right. on the ready? compression knob, so none of your vocals right. will be popping out too much here. <laughs> okay. All right. One, two, three, four. Third count wrote a very good song about a man whose life is going wrong. There's a list you can peruse Of many kinds of booze Variously flavorful and strong Oh, a third cat wrote a very good song Yes, third cat wrote a very good song But mandible song was better than third cat no mean feet, you'll agree if you heard that. The singer gathers strength to travel ever-growing lengths to reach the door of the one she aims her words at. Oh, mandible's song was better than third cats. 
And third can't wrote a very good song But faster jackalope song was better than mandibles Though if you had trouble picking that'd be understandable Here kisses come with knives And cuddles can end lives Morality is highly expandable Oh, faster jackalope song was better than mandibles And mandibles song was better than third cats And third cat wrote a very good song Oh, third cat Wrote a very good song But Zoe Gray's song Was better than faster jagalows Here's an artist Who has plainly mastered tragic tropes You sit down to create But all you feel is self-hate We've all been there And if you hear some bastard hasn't nope Well, Zoe Gray's song was better than Faster Jagalope's. Faster Jagalope's song was better than Mandible's. And Mandible's song was better than Third Cat's. And Third Cat wrote a very good song. Yes, Zoe Gray's song was better than Faster Jagalope's. Faster Jagalope song was better than Mandible's And Mandible's song was better than Third Cat's And Third Cat wrote a very good song Yes, Third Cat wrote a very good Wow, that was great. You guys sound amazing live. It's pretty Thank duo. You. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Uh, duo. Uh, so you're set on those uh, rankings then? Yeah. Those, you know, I, uh, I certainly could present arguments to put everybody at the top. But yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's how I feel. That's cool. I'm going to still think about it for a while. You know, I, I like them all. I really did. So there, there wasn't anything that's really obviously at the bottom, but you know, there, there were some that, I don't know, that, that I just liked listening to more. So I'll, I'll have to think about it a lot, but I mean, again, I don't, I shouldn't have to think about it. I could put any, I could just roll a dice because <laughs> our, our, our rankings don't matter. Yeah. Uh, again, anybody who's listening to, well, actually by the time they listen to this, I don't know, we could, we could publish this early, right? Yeah, we certainly could. Yeah, because so, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so in that well, in that... I mean, I mean, as people of influence, we might sway the voters. <laughs> oh, that's a funny thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the The funniest thought is that anybody's listening past their own song. <laughs> right, right. This is yeah. the you know the after the songs banter, which people are like probably if they're listening, they're listening at four x speed, and we sound like chipmunks. <laughs> Man, our song is going to sound amazing. <laughs> exactly, it's the speed yeah. metal version. Yeah. yeah but, you know, for me, like up until we started talking about 
the uh, Faster Jackalope song, I was pretty certain I my number one ranking would have gone to uh, Zoe Gray. And my, my feeling was it, it was a song that actually kind of moved me a little bit. And songs that make me feel things, I, I tend to rank higher than songs I just sort of like. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot more depth to the Faster Jackalope song than I initially realized. So I may have to go back and think about that for my number one mm-hmm. spot. So here's exactly what I'm talking about, our dangerous influence. So my exposition of the Faster Jackalope song, which I ranked number two, has made you reconsider it in relation to Zoe Gray, who I ranked number one. Yeah. Two great songs. Definitely. I, I like, yeah, absolutely. I guess what I really need to lean into is the thought that, that it doesn't matter. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't worry about it too much. I should probably just go with my gut. That's a really great feeling to lean into for this entire contest as a whole. <laughs> what? What are you kidding? The stakes are enormous. Enormous. Hey, are the stakes as, as enormous as the stakes at the Country Kitchen self-serve salad bar? <laughs> Hey, I, I wouldn't know. I've only had the salad, so yeah. No, uh, so, I've had half so, of a salad there. Yeah. yeah. Also, for the record, nobody gets anything from uh, from Spin Tunes. All right, uh, let's wrap. I can hear the theme music playing. Uh, wait, do you have any shoutouts? Uh, I'd like to shout out to Dave for picking this challenge and uh, letting me feel like I now have 12 songs that were written just for me. It's a great feeling. And I'd like to shout out all of the competitors who put in super duper great effort and produced some really wonderful songs. And I'd also like to shout out Cinnabon. (laughs) Cinnabon, when you don't want a salad. Uh, all right, I'll shout out to uh, to Dave for promising to be on this podcast, and then flaking out at the very last second. And I'm sorry, I, I know that it's a it's a tough time of the year, but um, also we said that we were gonna get the name of the artist this time. Who it's does the, the album? Shuba. I'm right on the album page. It is. Oh, he's not credited here. Come on, uh, I'm on the other one. It is, nope, he's not listed there too either. Uh, it's Matt Shuby or Shub or Shuba. Oh, yeah, or yeah. I, I, that does sound right. Okay, yeah. Uh, always great, great art for the, the things. It's, it's really awesome. Uh, he does a wonderful, wonderful job. Let's see, also, who else we got a shout out to? Shout out to Micah's two-year-old for his awesome drumming skills. Yeah. Uh, I was totally kidding about that before. I thought it was a real, real great uh, addition to the song. I want to shout out to my husband, Andre. Thank you for all the love and support. And uh, to Tom for doing the the listening parties. Uh, they're you know, really, really solid and uh, wonderful to, to have them. And uh, I do occasionally listen to them and have them playing in the background uh to because i like the the pre-show and the post-show too you gotta you gotta check that out i would like to give a shout out to edric who um writes extremely detailed reviews and thoughts on judging which i have enjoyed reading every time so thank you edric yeah i'll I'll shout out to edric too i mean i i haven't forgotten how he 
corrected everybody and brought himself out of the top four last spin tunes. That was uh, that was a noble thing for him to, to do, and uh, I haven't forgotten how awesome that was. So yeah, I think that fan. was that was probably his greatest mistake, honestly. So, uh... <laughs> well, he's won before too. So I and I think I think Zoe has won before, and I know Brian has. I, I, there's a lot of people who who've won before who are in this. I think Glenn has too at one point or another. No, as, no, as he has not. Glenn Raphael or Glenn Raphael? Oh, not Glenn, sorry, but Glenn. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, so you know, there's there's plenty of people who uh, who've been doing this for a while and have had their turn. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I'm not going to let that influence uh, my useless, worthless, no stakes rankings. <laughs> All right, I can really hear the theme music playing now. We are done. Thanks, everybody. Thank yeah. you.